Hey, it's Joey Salvia setting up another episode of OP Radio with a little song just to get you in the mood for this next conversation. Your own personal Jesus. Someone to hear your prayer, someone who cares. Your own personal Westwood One in the lounge. I just dropped off uh, Robert, or I'm in the process of dropping off Robert. Then I'm going to go home to my family. But uh, we just had a really heavy day, man. Very intense. Very intense. intense. I'm talking about the Jim Brewer episodes. Uh, We went out to the middle of the woods in the middle of nowhere in New Jersey. Beautiful area. A lot of open land, gorgeous houses, early spring. You could hear the birds. Nature was all over the place, right? And there was a tint of green as it's literally the first yeah. few days uh, of uh, everything starting to bloom. There was a it, it, when we uh, went up uh, for the second episode, we were on his on that beautiful deck. Yeah. that Jim just had redone. Yeah, that's going to cost him <laughs> at least a year or two of touring, of being on the road. It could be the the greatest deck I've ever seen in my life. It was it was wonderful. Yeah. Uh, it was like this fence that looked like a railing, I guess. Yeah, that looked like it had guitar strings as as <laughs> yeah. part of the fence, and he's like, "Oh no, you got to tune them. Right. You got to tune them." That's, but he that's expensive shit. Man. When you went into the bathroom, he. Uh, He's like, oh, well, here, let me wipe the table down. Yeah. There's like four inches of pollen that just, you know, yeah. and, and spring dust. But well, it, it Well, because it was, I think yeah. it was the first day that he used the, the outdoor de- right. deck for our podcast. We did two episodes with Jim Brewer. And uh, I got to tell you, man, uh, me and Robert, I hope people understand we're friends. Yes. We met about a year ago and we uh, became quick friends and we have a lot to talk about and we relate to each other and. 
and Robert's been in this business almost as long as I have, and he's had his ups, his downs, and his all-arounds. And uh, it was funny because part of the ride out to see Jim Brewer, we were talking about like, oh, you hear this one got fired. Oh, you hear this one got effed. Oh, you hear this one left the business. It, our, our business is insane. The guy, in fact, one of those guys, the, this, this guy that just got fired from a job out in California yeah. is the guy that first put you on the air in Long Island and yeah. first put me on the air in New York City. Uh, we're talking about Bob decades. Buckman. Bob Buckman, the legendary Bob Buckman. Yeah, yeah. I was one of the first hires at WBAB in a very long time, at least 10 or 12 years, yeah. something like that. They told me, they're like, you don't understand how rare it is to hire a, a, a new full-time <laughs> jock at WBAB. And Bob Buckman gave me uh, his blessing. He uh, took me under his wing. Uh, he knew I had something, and he, he started uh, playing my bits in the morning, which I was flattered by because I started at BAB as a late-night host and quickly moved up to the 7 to midnight slot. And uh, I, I, built a, I built a fine audience uh, before I even met Anthony. And then when I met Anthony, I wanted to stay at BAB because it was my hometown station. Right. They didn't uh, see it that way because, like I said, it was so hard to get in the door to begin with. They weren't going to move anybody else out to move me up, and I understand that. They had some – Lifers. Some, they had, they, they, I they think had, there are still people that have been there forever. Yeah, they had lifers that uh, were very good at their at their craft. And to this day, some of them still work there. I mean, I left BAB uh, oh, 24 years, years ago. ago. Yeah. Is that possible? <laughs> and we're talking about Bob Buckman. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff uh, here, but uh, we're talking about Bob Buckman – Here's a guy, which relates to everything that yep. I, I want to talk about now, by the way. So Bob Buckman is the type of guy, really nice guy, doesn't take himself seriously, very talented, has been in radio a very, very long time. When my dad died in the car accident back in uh, 2004, um, at that point, I was at uh, – uh, wait, I'm trying to remember. Oh, oh, I was off the air. My yeah. God. Okay. So at that point, I went through my Boston years where we were very, very successful before we did the mayor's prank and got our asses fired. My idea. Thank you very much. <laughs> but made me a lot of money. Thank you very much. But I also feel very guilty about thank you very much. And I absolutely tried to uh, apologize to Mayor Menino at the end of his life when he was doing a book tour. He didn't know it was the end of his life. But he was coming through SiriusXM, and I'm like, I would really, really like to get him on the show. And they're like, ah. And I'm like, no, I'm serious. I want to apologize to this guy. He wouldn't have it. And I understand. And I get it. Uh, I have few uh, regrets in my career, but that's one of them. But you attempted to change the story, as we learned just hours ago. Yes. Got to change the story. Got to change the story. So... Uh, so I went through my Boston years. Then we came uh, down to WNEW. We got syndicated. Then we had that spectacular firing for the Sex for Sam at St. Patrick's Cathedral here in New York City. And now I'm on the beach for two years, and I'm about to start my satellite radio career with XM. And uh, that's when my dad died. Okay, so it was many, many, many years since I saw Bob Buckman is right. the key to this story. This is the type of guy Bob Buckman is. I'm at the wake uh, for my dad, and I got up and I talked, and uh, a lot of us got up and talked. And Bob Buckman went to my uh, father's wake and never came up to me and shook my hand. That's the type of guy yep. he is. He didn't need to be seen. And, and I think he flew in for it. I'm sure he flew in and said, I could go to, I could go to Ope's dad's wake, 
but then I could also uh, uh, maybe see family here on Long Island because I believe he was already. No, nah, he didn't get. He or was, was he in uh, he was, New York City? He was at, still at Q104. He was still running Q104. Oh. Yeah, because I don't think he left until. Oh, then it was. But he drove out. Oh, it, then it was no big deal. He went to my dad's wake. All yeah. he had to do was get a ticket for the Long Island Railroad. Here I am praising you, Bob Buckman, and you were living in New York City. Yeah, I'm, I'm worth I'm worth 55 minutes on the Long Island Railroad, you <laughs> son of a bitch. I'm telling this great story because I think I thought he was in San Diego already. See, but, but, yeah, but all no, kidding aside, point, he yeah. he uh, he went to my dad's uh, wake, and he's type of this, uh, he's the type of guy that he just wanted to be there. And, but he didn't need to be seen. He didn't have to come up to me and showbone and go, hey, man, I'm here for you and all that. He just did it nice and smooth, nice and smooth. And, and I never saw him. I heard that he was there after the fact because other people told me. They're like, you're not going to believe this. Bob, Bob Buckman was, uh, was, was here today. So that's the type of guy he is. So after we were podcasting with Jim Brewer, we did two episodes. And then we, we spent another half hour to 45 minutes in his kitchen just shooting the crap. Yeah. And that was just funny, too. And I was like, oh, why are we recording this? But I've known Brewer for so long. I, I, I also wanted some kind of alone time, some personal time with him. But uh, some of the stuff he was telling us in the, in the, the kitchen was just beyond hilarious. But anyway... On the way back uh, from from Brewer's house, we were just in the car, and uh, we usually have a lot to talk about. I was just spent. I had nothing left in in the tank, and I'm looking over at you, and I'm like, "Man, Robert's being awfully quiet too." Because I think I think he's feeling what I'm feeling right now. Because that was that was a really heavy special day we just had. Cheesy as it sounds, and I could hear Carl making fun of me from thirty miles away. Sure. It's but this is exactly what needed to happen today with a whole bunch of other things that are going on. Yeah. In in, in this universe right now. Like this was a perfect opportunity to reset. Yes. And look at some stuff coming down the pike. Yes. And 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 I think that um you know, it's funny. At one point, I think what you're trying to say is like you realize a lot of uh, the stuff we all, and I mean all, worry about. Like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to get that raise, or oh, I'm going to get fired, or uh, my my kid is a shithead, and uh, I need to lose weight, and then I'll be happy. Or if I make a little more money, then I'll be happy. <laughs> if I can only find that girl with those big boobs, then I'll be happy. And man, true. I reset today myself. Yeah. I reset today myself. And I think what you're trying to say is... As the day was going on, and I want to get into a little of this stuff, uh, you know, obviously the episodes uh, are there for everybody to hear. Um, you just, you just realize, oh my God, why do I, why do I spend so much time worrying about that other All stuff? All this little stuff that doesn't matter. I mean, it, 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 you guys can hear it, and and we just said it again, but it, it's been something that's been running through my head, and I wrote it down when I just dropped off my stuff. In my office yeah. is that you know change the story. That's going to be a mantra. I got to figure out how to set that every day. But yeah. it's, it's that it, it, you change the story. If you don't like what's going on in your life, yeah, change change the story. But we should we but we also need to change it. What Jim was saying, we need to change the story to better not just ourselves, yeah, but everything else that's going on in the universe, everything that's going on in the world. There, I mean. The other thing that's sort of weighing me, and we got to process it here, is that why you know we talked about that darkness that that's you know eating at us and kind of nipping at us, and I don't know what what you call that, so we're just going to call it the darkness to not yeah 
you know, dive into religion, but there's a light and there's a dark and fucking Yoda. Jim is one of these people that there's a light around him. I think yeah. there's always been. I mean, I, his comedy's always helped people. Yes. There's a light around him. There's a light around his wife. Uh, let's the let's whole house. Yeah. So let's back up just a little bit. So then we pull up to Jim Brewer's beautiful house. Yes. And, and I'm saying beautiful house uh, because there's a reason. I'm going to get to that in a second because it's always been a nice house. I've been to that house many times over the years, but I haven't been there in a few, uh, which makes me feel like why did I wait so long to hang out with my friend Jim Brewer? Uh, but there's a reason why it's now a beautiful house because he's he's married to an angel, and the angel was outside of this beautiful house enjoying a very early spring day, doing some gardening, uh, just one with nature, one with herself. Uh, she was completely present, enjoying every every nuance of the day. the the uh, The smell, I bet, of the uh, the early spring soil, looking around and seeing the hint the hint of green as everything's about to blossom into spring. Uh, she could hear the birds every once in a while. A car goes by in the distance. No, no joke. This is exactly uh, what was going on. You could see deer. You know, there's a lot of deer in that area. And we pull up. Oh, it should be said, and most people do know this. I'm talking about a, a, a woman that doesn't have much time left on this earth. Now, we all don't know when our day's coming, but she right. pretty much knows that uh, she doesn't have many days left. Uh, we pull up, and I, I, there was no clue that this woman has stage four cancer and is just, just hanging on. Uh, doing well. Her numbers have been well uh, lately, but the but the, you know the long term thing is it's it it does not look good. She looked incredibly healthy, full of energy, gorgeous. I mean, I completely until Jim brought it up on that on that first episode. Yeah, I I had forgotten. Yeah. I know the story, and I you know I listened to his podcast, and you know I've seen him in in, in and heard his albums and stuff like that and I've seen him he's very open about this yeah and they've been battling this for several years now yeah completely forgot when we pulled up it yeah. was I oh that's his wife yeah exactly she's, she's out there doing you know doing the like you said doing the gardening I completely forgot oh yeah she does that stage four yeah and it's and, and, and there really is this light and there's this perseverance which I think is really something that that we can all take away from is that if you have a very positive outlook, no matter what your prognosis is for whatever physical maladies you have, yeah. she's already transcending. Calling her an angel is spot on. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, um, and uh, you know it, the lesson here is to to live every day like it's your last for real. Yeah, I mean to live in the moment. All that other crap simply doesn't matter. The past basically doesn't matter. The future basically doesn't matter. What really matters, I said basically, yeah, it, matter, yeah, 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 it yeah. matters a little bit, obviously, <laughs> and we all got to get through some of that childhood stuff that happened to us. Nothing wrong with trying to forgive yourself and to and to try to move on and but, break through that stuff. But sure, the past matters a, a little bit, but, but nothing matters more than the moment and being in the present and enjoying the day. And, and that's you, exactly what she right, was doing. It, yeah, and if you can, I mean, look, the other side of that coin... Uh, is and again, I can hear Carl going. Oh, I live every day like you know, like tomorrow is going to end. Now, there's probably a fine line, and you, you you shouldn't judge anybody for how they're living each of their present. Right. 
uh, some people might want to do a little future planning, or you might want to make sure that you can have another tomorrow if you can. But right. at the end of the day, it it really doesn't matter as long as you're happy and you're not hurting anybody else. Yeah, who the fuck cares what you're doing? Right, exactly. Is and and I think that all of that goodness, as cheesy as it sounds, no, gays the word. Now that we're back inside of this, you know, office, it's a little. It's going to take us. It's good that we're having this conversation now, man. Really? Because we're going to have to kind of grab onto that that nature that we just experienced several hours ago. Yeah. And hold on to it because it's very easy to be back inside this concrete jungle and whatever concrete jungle you're in as you're listening to this, um, take time and find the nature and find the beauty in wherever it is. I mean, there's a reason that New York has a central park. Sure. I think that is a, a, a divine place. Right. So is St. Patrick's Cathedral. And we know that story. Well, and that was another thing that happened in that house, though. So, so then I get out. I'm excited. I haven't seen D. Uh, I haven't seen D since the diagnosis. To be honest with you, gave her a big hug, biggest smile on her face. Like, like I said, no clue that this woman is going through some stuff. You know what I mean? And uh, but then she uh, she goes, "He's inside." You yeah. could go through the garage, and I'm like, "Oh." <laughs> There's an issue that me and Robert are walking into. Well, you asked her. You said, uh, I haven't heard you on the podcast. When are you bringing your podcast yeah. back? And then she, he, you'll have to talk to Jim about that. He's inside. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We go through the garage. Yeah, because they do. They were doing a podcast together, and it was sort of like, I think they were calling it Marriage Warriors or something. It was under Jim Brewer's brand, but basically the podcast was called Marriage Warriors, and they were giving advice about being married and Talk, and, and openly talking about her cancer and, and uh, you know, going through the whole thing. And uh, I thought it was an amazing podcast. And to see that it ended in uh, December, I was really bummed. I'm like, no, man, you guys got to keep doing it. But then she goes, you'll have to talk to Jim about that. And then we walked into the into the house and Jim's just like, Jim's like just pacing. You can tell he's yeah. going through something. And I'm like, what is going on here? Because well, yeah. my whole thought was we'd go out to his house in the middle of Jersey. It's my friend I've known pretty much, I, I can put a date on it, but at least 25 years. Uh, I met him when I was at BAB. I was, I was on the way up, and he was certainly on the way up as a comic, but he, he didn't get SNL yet at this point or anything like that. And uh, I've, I've watched his career go through the roof, then down a little bit, then up a little bit. And it, it, it's been a, a, a lot of fun to, to, um, uh, to check out each other's careers. But... But he's just pacing, meaning that whole career stuff, too, doesn't yeah. mean anything. Oh, right. Exactly. She don't give a fuck that he just got off uh, off a, a tour with Metallica. <laughs> right. She's mad at that, at the at fact. Whatever, yeah, what, and you can go back to that episode where he yeah. talks about yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that with the kids. But now I'm going to call back to, I think if I'm doing my math right, it's the episode before that first one that you and I are on with Jim. Yeah. Um, when... You were, it was the story you were telling, uh, oh, it's from Mop It Up, right? I'm going to yeah. call back to Mop It Up. Yeah, yeah. Where I felt like your buddy in Los Angeles when you went to Barry Williams' house. Yeah. For like, because, yeah, we're going to have a great time with Jim Brewer, and uh, there may be some edibles, and there may oh. we're going we're gonna to hang out all afternoon, and we're going to watch the sunset and all this, and walk into this guy's house. And he's looking at me like, I know Opie. I think I've seen you once before, but I don't know who the fuck you are. And I'm like, he's one of my favorite comedians. I'm going to come across like Sappho the fanboy. Yeah. Sorry, Mike. And and then, but again, he just. That's well, really funny because. <laughs> that went right through my head. I'm like, oh, God, there's gonna we're going to have peas and pasta. <laughs> right. 
I, you're referencing, and I, 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 unfortunately, we got to like just in case someone jumped on our podcast today or the last couple episodes, but referencing the fact that uh, I became friends with Barry Williams, Greg Brady. And he always said, if you're in LA, look me up so we could hang out. And my friend Jay just moved to LA, and and I uh, called up Barry, and it was pretty obvious that he, he was busy with a brand new baby, and the timing wasn't right, but. Stupid opster doesn't read the signs sometimes, or he might read the signs, but he's a bit stubborn and still wants to make it happen. And he just thinks if I could just get in that house, he'll see it my way and we'll have a great time and blah, blah, blah. Uh, anyway, go back a couple episodes. It's called Mopping Up if you want to hear the whole story. So you felt like that walking into Brewer's yeah, house? Yeah, walking into Brewer's because house. Because I, I had this whole expectation thing, right? right? And then um, I really thought, because Brewer said his wife was leaving, right? and he's like basically saying, we could have a sleepover. And I'm thinking, oh my God, we're, we're definitely- Well, right. Sleep. And then that's the other point. You like, I think we were like four blocks away and you dropped that part in. Yeah, we might be here all day. Like I might, you know, I'm calling my wife. There might be a babysitter. So- I'm now I'm even more thinking. Right, I'm pushing that off to the next day. I'm pushing that off to tomorrow. I'm yeah, gonna yeah. push that off to tomorrow. And I was like, Shh, I, you know, I, I, wow, okay, we'll just. And then you just have to let this be a life lesson for anybody who gets sort of caught up in their day to day. Too caught up in the present is you. You have to actually be in the present because Jim Brewer is honestly one of the most disarming people I've ever oh, met yeah. in my entire life. Of course, and my social skills suck. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just add that. Because you're right. I walked in the house, and I was excited to get the podcast going and give my, my friend a hug, and I forgot to introduce you. So he's looking at me. He's looking at you. Like, are you going to introduce me to this right. guy? And then finally we did all that, and uh, we all settled in. And then because uh, Jim was having an issue with his wife, who was outside doing the uh, early spring gardening, he's like, let's go downstairs. And the basement just felt so like uh, – so, uh, uh, for a podcast, so uninviting. And I think it was because I really was hoping we would uh, hang out in the beautiful house upstairs or on the back deck with the breeze early spring. And we're in like kind of a stuffy, dry basement. It's a nice basement. Don't get yeah, me wrong. Yeah, yeah. But I wasn't feeling the energy down there. But it was when he explained why we were like in this basement and so he and where we were sitting. Yeah. You know, he says. Well, it's so I can hear footsteps. I know if she's a, then we can I can not we cannot be overheard by this giant oak door, you know that's over there. But it was just like, oh, there's a. Of course, this is his house. He's he yeah. knows all the spots to have a yeah. a nice little therapy session <laughs> right. with Opie and yeah. Because at one point he was saying something. I don't know if it was on the podcast or not. And I'm like, what if she hears that? He's like, nah, we're behind two. <laughs> we're behind two heavy doors. We got two heavy doors yeah. between us, so I'll know if she's coming because he he needed to get some things off his chest. So they <laughs> they obviously had a huge fight the the day before about uh, his daughter going to church, and his daughter is a hardworking person, and uh, she didn't want to like uh, miss work to go to church, and that's sort of a conflict in their house, which I find fascinating, and I think oh, yeah. a lot of us go through that. You got one religious person and one. One person that is not so religious, and and then everything in between. And in their household, uh, Brewer's wife found uh, found God. I mean, the story of her finding God is wonderful. He told it on the show in the past, uh, but basically, she was lost, wandering around, and this couple basically took her in. And next thing you know, she uh, she uh, she found the Lord, and it's very religious by the book. 
And Jim Brewer, uh, over the years, I've noticed he's gotten more and more spiritual. And he, he uses words like God and pray and praying. But uh, the early version of Jim Brewer, I don't, I don't remember a lot of that, to be completely honest with you. But I might be off base. But the point here is that you got one that believes in God by the book. And a lot of people believe by, uh, believe in God by the book, right? And then you got other people that are more spiritual than um, than organized religion, because I think I really believe if you are spiritual, you're you're pretty religious as well. It's just it's just a different form of it. I think it's I think it's a I think spirituality uh, is a lot closer to religion than most people want to admit. And I really I, I re- really believe the organized religion part built this whole structure around around the basic concept of just being one with nature and being with your spirit and your soul and meditating and thinking and thinking about uh, just uh, love. Love is everything. Absolutely. And God is everywhere. This is what the early people thought. And then somebody, like Jim uh, mentioned in the, uh, in the podcast, they had, a, they, had to, they had to define it. To the well, point where, you know, to the point where some people, and I'm, I'll, I'm, I'm on that, uh, I'm in that group, feel like it's uh, been incredibly bastardized. Well, no, and I, it, I totally agree with you, and and I mean, we could have gone on hours more talking about that sort of thing. I have a very unique perspective in that I studied a lot of that, and I, you know, I think we. Oh, wait, you almost a, became a priest. I studied. I almost as kind of gilding the lily a little bit, but I, I. Um, did you at least get I, to I, touch one? I, I mean, I, like I grew up Catholic. I it it brought a lot to me. Yeah. Um, oh my God, you're the perfect ha- person ha- to talk to about this. Help me on on Wait, my no, well, spiritual let me, journey. Let me yeah. interview you a little bit. So slow down. So uh, out of high school, did you so- decide you want to at, at least explore the possibility of uh, being a priest? Yeah, I, I, in high school is when it sort of started. I mean, it was like two things. By the time I was like 15 or 16 years old, I was in youth group. And, I, and the youth group, the parish I grew up in in Verona, New Jersey, was fairly progressive. The youth group um, was run by, by people who were maybe 10 years older than us. Um, I mean, most of the core group, and and it was we did a lot of volunteer work. Is that what they call it now, Robert? And it wasn't a lot of sitting and reading the Bible. It was you're gonna you're gonna experience this by doing good things for other people, and lots of songs. And again, it's a lot of like '70s, '80s folk rock kind of Godspell, Jesus Christ Superstar, that kind of stuff. So none of this, and and very little judgment. So for me at that time, I didn't understand the judging of Catholicism and the judging of Rome and all that. And I figured I'll either be a priest or I'll go into radio or I could do both. I read about Bishop Fulton Sheen, who was a big radio guy in New York and then across the whole country in the 50s. Um, what the fuck is going on? And that's what I wanted to do. So as I was... That is a weird combination. I'm either going to be a priest or in radio. Well, I want to do both because uh, I could put that... And you can you could spread the word through radio and right. all of that. Um, so I we had one of those guys on BAB, by the way. Sorry to interrupt. No, it's fine. But he was uh, he was a priest, and he also did a rock show at BAB, and he kind of found those songs, but they were rock songs. Oh yeah, that had spirituality and religion in them, and a lot love of George and... Harrison, Norman Greenbaum. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, all of that stuff. That's through music is how it spoke to me. So I remember when I was graduating high school as a senior, and I was very close with a priest in a very positive, not you know, creepy way. Um, and I 
I said, I, re- I think this is what I want to do. And he said, look, you're, you've got a lot of things. You're 18 years old. There's a lot of things you have going on. You've been accepted to college. He said, go. At least go to college for a year. See if, you, if, if that's the direction you still want to go in. Um, but you got to get out and live a little bit. Right. And then make your decision. He goes, I, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but this is my advice based on the fact that I've known you, you know, for four or five years. And I did that, and I got to Emerson College in Boston, and I went, oh, I could do this with girls? Yeah, that's not going to happen. And But, you know, it's all joking aside. So it came down to uh, the fact well, that... Well, the joking, I mean, I still felt like I could do... I, I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to have a girlfriend, get married, all that sort of stuff. Right. And, and I figured, well, that's the calling. But I could still be... I could I could serve God and my what I understood that to be in a different way down the road. Yeah. So, uh, or, you know, whatever it was. The second time that I felt like this being a priest, a Catholic priest might be something I would could Man, could do. The power of the pussy is strong. <laughs> strong. <Yeah. laughs> was after I got divorced. I was um I, okay. I was out of my marriage right. and the parish and then well, I went to How did you to, feel about getting divorced knowing that you were a bit on the religious side? All right. Cuz um, those two uh have been kind of bumping heads for a long time. Very much so. So the You're not supposed to get divorced. No. And it and and by then I was um as the marriage was ending and I've told part of that story on this podcast before, it it I, we got married in the church. I was the one who was going to church every Sunday. And again, I was never a by-the-book kind of a person. For me, I used it as sort of a map, and I could find my own way, right? Yeah. Um, I was very depressed, and, and there was a, a pastor. I was going to a church in, in Hoboken at the time. Again, a very progressive church at the time. And and I was you know being counseled by this guy, became friends with him, and and we got to the point where... To get a divorce in the, if you're going to go by the book, you got to get an annulment, right? And this this pastor says to me, um, he says, "Look, I know how he. I got the whole inside track on how it works. You can either pay a lot of money and get fast tracked, or you go through this kind of like a court proceeding, and you have to. And he said you'd have to paint your ex wife like she's." crazy you right. have to you have to really make her out to be evil and i said i don't want to do that because it's lying we just yeah you know it's that's not the situation both choices were terrible if if, if you're a religious person if you pay a lot of money there's a fast track and, and he's telling me how you know, is how is that connected right. to whatever all exactly. this is and the whole that point, money will make it go away in in god's eyes well that's the whole thing i mean it's it's all and then about the other sorry the other choices everyone knows you know, she's. You got to paint her as a crazy person or a wicked person, or, or well, whatever. and that gets it done. That gets it done where you're not dragging it out for 15 but, years or but whatever. What it's, in, it, what, yeah, but none what of in, that made sense to me. Yeah, thank you. None of that made sense to it's me. The, and he, it's the human touch that has really messed up religion in so many people's exactly. lives. Exactly. I, and I'll come back to that in a second. So I. I have a Bible collection, and I use it as again. I'm not a chapter verse kind of person, but over the years, I've collected, you know, and, fa- and got inherited them from families and stuff like that, or members of my family. I was sitting in 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 the in my room, um, just just so depressed about this whole thing, and I, God cannot. I'm not happy. She's not happy. This this cannot be what is meant for either one of us. We're we put ourselves in this situation and. This organization, 
wants us to be in that can't be right. Yeah, we're not happy. We're not serving. There's no love the way they're supposed to be here. So I I really prayed and meditated for about an hour. And there's a there's an adage in life. If you really focus on something and you are looking for an answer, one of the signs you, you can just pick any random book off a shelf, open it to a page, and if you, you, you may find an answer on that page, whatever it is, cookbook, whatever. So I did. I grabbed a Bible, I opened it up, and I forget the chapter and the verse, but basically it was the the story. I think it might be from Matthew was talking about how you know Jesus was saying, no, you can't, you should not get divorced, basically. You, you shouldn't, you know, what God put together, men should not tear asunder, unless it's unlawful, and the interpretation of that, unless it really wasn't meant to be. Yeah. So I went, huh, I mean, my that was just, okay, well, that's interesting, and I closed the book, and I put it back on the shelf. I spent another hour meditating and praying and contemplating on that. By the way, Littlefoot, that passage is from Mark 10.9, but if your wife's vomiting on other guys' dicks, disregard it. And then I reached for a different copy, just the New Testament, so I couldn't flip feel my way to opened it up exact same passage no now i'm like okay close that put it back on the shelf walk to the other side of the room uh or not walk to this i just you know where i could arms reach i just opened up a book called podcasting for dummies and funny enough it says you shouldn't podcast while having a stroke but do that another hour and then i said look i know you don't so i'm saying to god i know you don't like to be tested oh my but i also know you do things in threes. So, I'm going to ask one more time. Great. Talking math with the Son of God. Getting out of this marriage, is that really going to be the best thing for both of us? He's shaking baby Jesus like a magic eight ball. And I reach and I grab this old book that was from the 1850s from my mother's side of the family. And they're Presbyter- Pro- Protestants, not Catholic. I know, And it's one, I mean, you got to like unhinge all these things. And I just you know do the thing and i open it up same passage of course it was written in the 1850s so there were some more these and thousand thighs and all that but i went okay that's the answer and instantly i felt this weight off my shoulders i felt this incredible relief that okay this relationship that i'm in with this woman can evolve to the next level it's supposed to which is not us being married we talked about in the car. I'm still really good friends with her all of these years later. We've apologized to each other for the kind of crap we threw at each other. But that I don't have to go through this organizational bullshit. Greg, you want to jump in here somewhere? Which is really what it was. Yeah. Um, so going back to why do we need these organizations? I believe that the original church, the, the original Catholic church, which is the first Christian church, Jesus had all these great things, and he wanted to tell everybody all these great philosophies, and and this is the way that, these are ways, not the ways, but these are our ways that you can live your life on this planet, and again, we don't know what we don't know, but I'm going to make things easier. You do these things, and love everybody, which is really the whole message, because, you know, if if you subscribe to these stories, Jesus came because before him, everybody got two. There are too many laws, and you can't eat fish, and you can't, you know, you got to wear a belt around your, you know, whatever, all of those things. I'm not demeaning Judaism by any stretch of the imagination, but... That's true. What the fuck did God have against yeast? 
we believe that Jesus came because it got a little too, you know, a little too preachy, a little too judgy, a little too law-y. Kind of reminds me of this episode. And he's like, none of that stuff. Just be good to everybody, love one another, you know, don't do anybody any harm. Right. And then does the, we believe he does the sacrifice, sacrifices his life to really hammer that message home. Right. Which is deep in it of itself. Oh, it was hammered home, all right. And for the first, like, 40 or 50 years... All of his buddies that he hung out with, his squad, so to speak, were like, yeah, we got to tell everybody about all this stuff. And all we got to just tell them what happened. We just have to tell the stories about yeah. what happened, and then everybody will buy into it. Yeah. And then they start dying off, and then people who are better at stringing sentences together, and they're like, well, let's write all these things down. And, and then they had well, – you put all the stories together. All right, we're just going to take these four guys' stories because these are the six guys. Eh, it doesn't – doesn't jive with this overall oh and people are giving us money to tell the stories and i'm condensing thousands of years of history into right. all of a sudden the other guys should have stayed in the minor leagues is what you're saying well but it's it becomes an organizational structure they, they right? they're like the let's start a church and yeah. let's do this and but then weren't a lot of those stories told uh second third fourth hand yeah. and many 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 years after uh, yeah, probably 200 if you're you know and if you're going to look at it all right, that's insane so I mean, just just here's a perfect example of the fact that we have we we forgot key details about where Bob Buckman was and when your father died was right. he in Los Angeles or was in New York? Yeah, yeah, of course. So we submit those stories and and the the, the you know whoever the head of the church is yeah. is going to go. Uh, I like Opie's version better. Yeah. So that's the one that lives. That's the human touch, right? Exactly. There, there was a lot of that. There was a lot of editing. My my dad was obsessed with old religions, and he was obsessed with the stuff that was left out of the Bible. You know, uh, in the end, they they decided to leave certain stuff out. I would rather see, see the whole story, right? And that's what I'm getting at with with uh, what's going on in Jim Brewer's house because he's got his wife who has incredible faith. She's okay with uh, what is going to happen to her, inevitably. Uh, and she's, uh, she goes to church a lot and follows the Bible. That's what she is all about. It works for her. We have brought up enough stuff here that makes it, I think, okay to go, you know what? I believe in God, but I don't believe uh, that I, 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 I got to study it the same way you are. I don't think that I'm a bad person. I don't think that God is going to judge me if I have a hamburger on a Friday during Lent. Right, right? exactly. Um, I understand why some, why people practice that. It's a little bit of, I just want to see if I can maybe do a little self-discipline for 40 days. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't, but that's fine. And if you slip, yeah. it's not... It's not like he killed somebody. Yeah, I don't mind the structure of it, but I, I'm not, I'm not scared of the consequences or the seriousness of it if you mess up. Plus, the fact over the years the church has changed a lot of rules, and you know there's a lot of people that supposedly went to hell because they they did this or that wrong, and now fast forward a whole bunch of years, now that thing that, that put that person that's no longer with us in hell would be okay today. How, how do you wrap your head around that part of the religion? Oh, right. And the whole thing, like, if you don't baptize your kid, it's going to be in uh, limbo, limbo, whatever, right. uh, you know, right. all that sort of stuff. And another Christian word for limbo? Purgatory. Which is where I'm living right now, trying to find a place to put a fucking spot into this episode. Can you take a break anywhere? This isn't a fucking private conversation. People are listening. It's a podcast. Greg, sponsor, please. Paid for by National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, NHTSA is working hard to combat texting while driving. 
It can be a little frustrating, especially if you're in a hurry or running late, to find yourself at a railway crossing waiting for a train. And if the signals are going and the train's not even there yet, you can feel a bit tempted to try and sneak across the tracks. Well, don't. Ever. Trains are often going a lot faster than you expect them to be, and they can't stop. Even if the engineer hits the brakes right away, it could take a train over a mile to stop. By that time, what used to be your car is just a crushed hunk of metal, and what used to be you, well, better not think about that. The point is, you can't know how quickly the train will arrive. The train can't stop even if it sees you. The result is disaster. If the signals are on, the train is on its way. And you just need to remember one thing. Stop. Trains can't. Welcome back to Manscaped. Dot com, Taming the briar patch, mowing the lawn, or trimming Yeti, whatever you call it, it's about time we talked about manscaping. Guys, you manscape, right? You know, keep things trimmed and fresh below the waist. Robert, do you manscape? Once a week. Once a week, you hairy bastard, you. <laughs> You're a great client for manscaped. Nine out of ten women of all ages prefer their guy manscaped, but you got to have the right tools for the jewels. Or you'll look like you used a machete. You don't look like you used a machete, right? You're manscaping. You're using manscaped.com. I use manscaped.com. Oh, very good, Robert. Pop over to manscaped.com and check out their perfect package. Not that perfect package. The Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. That was a smash hit on Shark Tank. It features the lawnmower, a precision trimmer engineered for below-the-waist grooming. But I'm going to try it on my face because it's about time to get rid of this beard. I, I... That's how much confidence I got in Manscaped. I'm going to use the one that you're supposed to use below the waist. I'm going to use it to to, uh, take this beard off, the winter beard. For your sensitive skin up top? Yes. It's skin-safe technology means no more accidental nicks and burns. Check out the lawnmower and the amazing grooming and hygiene products that come with your perfect package. What's that saying? Trim the shrubs and the tree stands taller? That is the saying. Do you need yours to look a little bigger, Robert? Is that what you're saying here today? Or are you not saying anything? I'm not saying anything. Are you being a little bashful? <laughs> I'm you, being a little bashful. Are you still- trying to gain a little, like like a half inch down there? Trim the damp shrubs of the tree stands taller, if you know what I mean. Get 20% off plus free shipping today. Visit manscaped.com and use promo code OPI. Again, use promo code OPI at manscaped. Let me spell that out. M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com. Manscaped.com. Welcome back to the Opie Radio Podcast, Manscaped. We now return to the history of the Bible with Littlefoot, already in progress, on Opie Radio. I mean, and my spiritual journey, so I, I went through some other things after the divorce where I was working and helping, volunteering for this church. I ran their website for them. I taught the readers how to read and mic technique and all that. And um, a new pastor came in who was very conservative. And basically, I got fired from a volunteer job because I was a divorced Catholic who did not get an annulment. Like, I went to go receive communion one day during Mass. This new guy comes in, and he holds up his hand. And that was... I did not step foot inside of a Catholic church for years except for, I think, my grandfather's funeral and on a wedding, maybe. Yeah. I went back to my home church a couple of weeks ago. Just new guy was in there. I wanted to check it out. And I got to tell you, I felt a little bit of the nostalgia. I felt a little bit of the pull sure. that I felt 
as I was beginning my journey. Into, but I also now don't feel guilty if I get up on a Sunday morning and I'm like, yeah, I'm a little hungover. I'm not making it to yeah, mass yeah. today. And I don't – because I know that I talk to God every day in my own way. Right. And I'm not doing bad things. So it, whatever works for you, I guess the point here too is don't – force your shit on somebody else yeah i i i couldn't agree more i mean if uh, going to church and being very strict works for you i'm not going to question that whatsoever but i think a lot of people have turned their backs on religion in general and uh you hear more and more people as you you walk about uh your life and uh you you hear it a lot of times i'm not religious i'm spiritual and I think that's really good, and I think that's very okay. And I think the religious people should really accept that and understand that that's closer to what they're doing than not. And it's an, you know, and Jim, again, getting back to that darkness, Jim was talking about how, well, this darkness has infiltrated the organizations. Right. Catholics, uh, uh, Islam, Judaism, all of the majors yeah. have been infiltrated by this darkness. The fact that we we have to, you know, that there is this anti-Islam uh, uh, backlash because of violence. That's darkness that infiltrated that group. The, we, there is darkness that's infiltrated Judaism. You you see it with all of these wars. It's it's gone beyond defense in some cases, and certainly the, the early Christians attacking other people for power and land. I mean, it's all of that human touch. But I really what resonated me too resonated with me too is what Jim said yesterday about this darkness that's infiltrated. What a great way to 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 sort of snuff out that light by having people turn their back on probably what what I believe started as a really pure great thing the church yes and every t- every time one springs off from that yes you know all of the now every oh, I don't I don't believe that I don't believe that so the people who don't like the organization part of it we have to try harder to stay connected to God and and again folks if it's God and whatever you inter- interpret him her universe whatever it is right um well all i want from the the jews just say hi (laughs) that's all i want from you we got a synagogue in our neighborhood and man they're marching down the sidewalk with their dark clothes and they're you know you know they're coming from the synagogue i will say hi to 20 people, and not one will say hi I know back. how you can fix that. I get yeah. it, it, it. If you put on a, a black fedora yeah. and, a, and an overcoat with your beard, yeah. doesn't matter that you're blonde. They will go, oh, you're one of us. When I was, like, really heavy and I had a big, long beard, yeah. they, they were like, oh, are you – Oh really? Are you Hasidic? I'm like I'm Italian. <laughs> oh really? You, but you could tell the difference how they treated you. Oh, it was like night and day. I so mean, look, weird. this was the you know it was like 15 years ago. I went through yeah. a fedora phase. Yeah. So anyway, getting back to the Jim Brewer, that's why we decided to turn this on after our long day. Uh, wow. So so Jim, you know, had a little therapy session with us in the basement and. The whole time, I'm like, I, I was trying to push him a little bit, but I didn't really get much out of him because I'm like, how are you doing, man? Because, like, you are you got a very sick wife. You got three daughters. You're trying to hold it all together. You're trying to be strong for her. Is anyone asking you how you're doing, you know? And then you got to accept some of her uh, um, mood swings and whatnot right. because you know what she's going through. That's got to be tough for the other person, not as tough as, as the one with the cancer, but uh, it's got to be taking its toll on him. But he seemed like he is uh, strong 
and accepting and has his own uh, his own faith uh, going on there. And I got to say, you know, to to your point there, Opie, uh, and I wish I thought of it when we were in the moment, but, you know, all of those things that you just said, plus in the middle of all of this uh, Michigas, he's released what people are calling one of the best, not best Jim Brewer comedy albums ever. Yeah. One of the best comedy albums ever is this Live from Portland. Yeah, it's a very, very good uh, album. And in the middle of all of this turmoil, he is this radiant light and is it's funny as fuck when right. you listen to this. And when you're in his house, you don't you don't think you're hanging with Jim Brewer, the, the superstar in comedy that just got off tour with Metallica. Yeah. He's a regular guy like the rest of us dealing with some real heavy shit in his case. We drank so, water out of mason jars, and yeah, I loved that. Yeah, so then... <laughs> We finished the first episode. I'm like, man, I can't, I can't go home without getting a little, a little deeper, and, and maybe, uh, maybe get some, uh, some laughs in too. So I'm like, would you mind if we go upstairs and go outside? I just wanted to feel, you know, uh, the early spring air and, and really hang out. Right. You know? And you know, obviously, if you're a fan of this, uh, this podcast, you, you certainly will, uh, will, or you know, if this. If you just discover this episode of the podcast, you already heard it. Uh, then we went even deeper outside, man. We went deep. And then he's talking about the house, and I'm like, man, this house is gorgeous. The deck is ridiculous. A brand new pool, a fire pit. What else did we see? Uh, giant, uh, just done backyard, and uh, where they ripped out tree stumps. It cost a bloody fortune. Inside, it's just gorgeous. And uh, Jim goes, yeah, you know, my wife wants wanted all this done before she goes right she didn't want me to have to deal with it by myself and i'm like what the hell who thinks of that who is who is that selfless right and i think that's part of her probably you you want to be able to go without any attachments right and uh nothing holding you back right plus again like you said it's selfless it's a gift to jim it's a gift to the girls yeah um, his daughter came in yeah. from basketball practice. She's 5'8". I think she's like 14 years old, 5'8". And has bigger feet than me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, way bigger. <laughs> and everyone was just living in the moment. You yeah. you didn't have the feeling that there's, you know, there's some uh, no, that was a something very... going on in that house. It, it's like we're all accepting. We understand. We have limited time with our mom. But we're going to enjoy every single moment of it. And uh, I just was thinking, all that crap that I worry about, who cares? Yeah, it was a very happy who family. Cares? Very happy Extremely family. happy. Way happier than a lot of families I, I run into, where they're just bitching and complaining all the fucking time. You know, it's interesting you bring that up. because After the podcast was over, the second podcast, we were hanging out in Jim's kitchen, like you said, at the beginning of this episode. And uh, his daughter calls yeah. and says, we're on our way home from, you know, he and his wife, uh, the daughter and the wife were coming back from something. I think one of them was at school, college, and the other one was working, the one that works, right? Yeah, yeah. So she's like, um, Dad, do you mind if we do ribs tonight for dinner? Right. And then, so the three of them are all FaceTiming each other. And they're having this whole planning what's going to happen after we basically leave. <laughs> yeah, they're right? basically hinting, get the hell out. 
and it, it was just so awesome to see. Jim's like, yeah, ribs. And then, oh, we get this and that. And they're like running through the menu in their head talking about, and then we'll go do, was it like bowling or pitching or something? They were going to do like a family activity yeah. on a Tuesday night yeah. or Monday night or whatever it was. Yeah. I don't, days are all running together, but what day is today? Anyway, um, and, and that's no argument, no... Uh, they they are choosing the time to be around each other, and I I I would say with ninety percent surety that when they're sit whenever they went to that restaurant and they're sitting at the table and they're doing stuff together, yeah. I bet you there's not a cell phone in sight between them oh, and no. their family. So basically, the daughter goes, uh, "Dad, you want ribs tonight?" He loses mind, so excited. They're excited on the other side of the phone, and at that moment, the most important thing in their lives. Was ribs, ribs. <laughs> not cancer? Ribs. We could all learn from that, man. And then we were talking about the signs and the cardinal, and mm-hmm. uh, you you had a bird story, and Jim had an amazing bird story, and and uh, uh, the bits called cardinal on his latest CD, live from Portland. It's it's amazing because it's so heavy, but then he finds the laughs, talks about his, uh, his uh, dad dying in his arms, and then. Uh, as soon as his dad died, he didn't want anything to do with the body, which I so related to, which I, I talked about as well on the podcast, because something about I, I, I don't I don't know if I recommend I don't know if I recommend watching someone die. But if you are if you're in that situation, you it'll it'll give you a mind fuck because you're like, wait a minute, that's not my dad anymore. It looks like my dad, but that's a mannequin. Whatever made him my dad left this room. It is, I, it's really hard to wrap your head around, and I know we tried to do it on the podcast. Uh, and then Jim, I got to say this because he didn't, he didn't do it on the podcast. He talked about, you know, like he had this moment with his dad holding him as he's dying and stuff. And as soon as he, his dad died, he just didn't want anything to do with the body. And he, he kind of referenced like when you're a kid and you find a, you find a dead bird and you, and you move it with a stick because right. you're so freaked out by yeah. it. That's, that's how he was explaining his own dad at that <laughs> moment going from loving to, wow, I am not attached to this anymore. My relationship with my dad now is going to be yeah. dramatically different from this day on. I thought you'd want to hang out in the room with you know the dead person and stuff, but you realize well, that I think is I've, just yeah. The, everybody's the, different. I it I've been you know I told a story uh, on that podcast about being there when my grandmother passed. Yeah, um, but I was uh, with my uncle uh, about a year ago, a little over a year ago when he passed. Um, I mean, the short version of the story is, you know, my aunt called and said, listen, I'd like you to be with me when we knew it was coming. We were going to pull him off life support. Can you be with me? And this is my favorite uncle, my favorite aunt. And um, he was, you know, at 4 o'clock or 4.20 or whatever it was that we'd turn the machines off. And he's always sort of been on his own time anyway. Yeah. 16 hours later. He finally breathed his last, and yeah. it was one of these like I could, you know, it was just like we held vigil all night and right. kind of sat there waiting and waiting, and now we're laughing because he was like, you know, late for this and just ambled along. It was just the greatest guy in the world, and uh, and when he pat, I knew it was, you know, he could, I kind of I woke my aunt up and I said, I think we're getting here, and she was a hospice nurse too, so she knew all these signs, and um, he. You know, I went over and basically said again, all right, I mean it this time. Goodbye. And then she held him a little bit, and he looked at her, and he said, I love you. I mean, you know, crackly voice and all that. 
and then you know went and went limp and you know you you do i mean i've felt a change in the room so i let them have a couple of minutes um i said i'll be all right outside because it, again there's some there's some sort of coda that needs to happen there and cuz it's still the vessel yeah right so um then she came out and she, you know okay it's it, it's fine it's time to go and it 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 wasn't like i we i knew that wasn't my uncle I knew now he's, you know, whatever. swirling in the heavens and whatever. Like we said on the podcast, yeah. whatever. We're at, but, I but simply it, don't know. There's, I think the reason we go to wakes and, and, and some of us like that is that's the – because you can imagine – actually, this is a really interesting way to tie it together. You imagine the person beforehand, right? So anybody that wasn't there for that moment, I think when you do an open – people that do open caskets and stuff like that, that wake is I just want to see that person – or or whatever it is, because in my mind I'm gonna, in my heart I'm gonna re- remember them the way they were. Yeah. And this sort of closes it. So it's like saying, you know, if you watch a band, I don't know, let's say Metallica now, you know, at some point during that concert, if you've first seen them in 1986, you don't see white haired Jim Het- Hetfield. You see blonde, you know, yeah, really jacked. So it's cheesy as it sounds i mean that's the kind of th- that i think that's why we do that and right. i think it brings comfort to some people and some people don't need that i think it's because uh the older people out there are creepy as fuck <laughs> they're the ones that just soak in the open casket well we didn't Did do I that ever tell him. you so when my dad uh uh i'm trying to remember at his wake oh yeah no no we we had to wait for my mom to get healthy. Oh, my God, I forgot about this. Our wake was delayed because my mom was in the car exit, too, and she was in the oh, hospital right. still. Holy crap. Okay. So we only had the urn, you know. Uh, they We donated his body to science because that's what he wanted. So they gave us, like, they gave us like one rib and an ankle bone back. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was like... Uh, now, was that cremated or was it, it was like cremated. in a box? It was cremated. But it, that part was creepy, too. It's like, wait, you're only giving me, like, or us, whatever, whatever. For real, maybe maybe two-thirds of the body back. <laughs> right. How weird is that? So so oh. we're at the funeral home. I forgot about this. And, you know, you're there going, walking through life like a zombie like we all do when uh, we have to deal with that. And I decided to go into another room, and in the front of this room was an old lady, a grandma. I I remember to this day with pearls, and she had, like, a blue blouse on. And I'm like, no one's around, so I I was going to touch her. Oh, somebody else's grandma. Yeah, I just wanted to touch the body. Right. Right? Not... I don't I know. I'm not a creepy I don't know way. why. I just was it's like curiosity. Curiosity was getting the best of me. I swear to you, Robert. I swear. I swear. I swear. As I'm thinking about it and sort of making the move to maybe do it, I'm 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 still not even sure if I'm going to do it because right. I'm wondering, am I violating some weird thing here? Right? The lights flicker dramatically. <laughs> don't go. Don't go. Don't go. But I got a lot of assholes in my family. A lot of my cousins and uncles. So I don't know if someone is at the back of the room. See, this is where I go, look. So other people go, well, that's a sign. I'm thinking, no, that could be my asshole uncle going, watch what we do. Watch, watch this, watch All this, right. watch this. So, uh, but, so the, uh, on that, uh, I, my aunt had a friend that came in, and she had, did, you know, kind of help. She works for the VA, so kind of helps people. And we had these little tea lights, you know, like little tea lights, but they're electric. And they're one-time use, little plastic electric things. So that's what we had when we sat vigil all night Um, because there was this little sort of actually Native American ceremony she did. Had these tea lights. 
basically when he passed, the lights went out within a minute. And I'm in my head, I'm like, oh, that's really nice and dramatic, but it's been 16 hours since we turned these things on. They probably, the batteries run out or whatever it is. Yeah. So we're packing up a bunch of stuff, and I threw the tea lights in a bag, like a clear plastic bag, just to get everything, you know, just I'm doing things just to keep busy. I went back and stayed with my aunt. We got high. Um, and then the next day, uh, I come I come up, and she's making coffee, and she's like, um, you're never going to believe this. What? And she goes, look at the bag with, with the lights. All the lights came back on. I'm like, that's strange. Well, maybe it's on a timer or a cycle. So she's like, well, all right, that's cool. I'm just going to – so she put them in her room, and then um, – they're still there. The lights are still there. And and she says at some times when she feels at her lowest, one or two of these lights will flicker on. Right. And she's like, that's him. I believe that's him just, you know, kind of messing around with me a little bit. Because we talked to her friends. I went and found the company. They are literally, honestly, I swear to God, one-time use. They're not supposed to be, again. Yeah, and it, she, I got a text from her the other day. She goes, "Yep, one of the little tea lights went that's, on." I mean, there's a lot of skeptics out there who be like, uh, "I don't that, care." That's a coincidence, you know. But um, as John Lennon couple, and Elton John said, "Whatever gets you through the night." Yeah. Oh, very good. Um, a couple things on that. So you guys were telling your bird stories and 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 signs and stuff, like right? Uh, I I've told the story a bunch over the years, so I, I didn't feel like it was uh, necessary to tell it again at Jim Brewer's house, but. Uh, two things. I told you the one story about meeting my wife when we stopped at yeah. the bar before we came back yep. to New York here. We had to have a burger and a beer. And uh, make sure Carl knows I, I, I wasn't drinking fruity beer. No. All right. Allagash. Allagash was the beer of uh, choice. But anyway, so my dad um, dies in a car accident. Even though he gave all his info and I supposedly walked himself to the ambulance, but he was on blood thinners and that's why he right. went into a coma and all that. But... So the car accident was in front of my uh, house that I grew up in uh, when I was uh, – we moved there when I was five years old and uh, and had the house on, up until recently. That's how long we had this house. So um, anyway, after uh, after he died and then I went off to Northport to be by myself and all that, then I went back to my uh, my apartment at the time in Huntington, and then I'm like, you know what? I, I couldn't believe he was just gone, and I'm like, I, I – I just, Dad, man, can you give me a sign? I, I just, I, oh my God, I just need to, all that crap you think. I need to know you're okay and this and that, and I'm devastated, all this. So I decided to go to the, the, the crash site, and uh, they did a very good job cleaning up because this car got fucking crushed. My mom took the, the brunt of the accident, um, but and my dad was on the other side of her, uh, hit his head and broke his wrist as well. Um so there's debris still kind of on the uh, in the gutter, you know, mm-hmm. on, on a main road with cars zooming by. And I'm at the, the, the crash site, um, and I'm just looking around. I'm like, oh, okay, kind of feeling what he went through. You're like, okay, yeah, the turn out of the driveway. And my mom always said, don't take the left out of the driveway. It's very dangerous. Everyone knew you had to take the right. And then there's a, there's a road uh, very uh, just a little bit up the way. And then you turn up that road so you can do your U-turn to now officially go left out of the house. And everyone knew that. But that day, their friend decided they could handle the left. And uh, the rest is history. So I'm, I'm thinking about all that in my head. And... And there's pieces of uh, glass and uh, debris on the side of the road. Some is from the car accident, and certainly others is not. And I'm just thinking to myself, Robert, I'm like, man, just give me a sign, Dad. Just give me a sign, you know. 
And um, all of a sudden, I just look down, and there's a tiny, tiny piece of paper. It's maybe an inch by an inch, inch by two inches maybe, just laying there. And I, I'm kind of going through debris as I go, and I see this little piece of paper. And I, I pick it up, and I, I turn it over, and it says, Exit Check 011. And what's what's important about the the eleven, as I call it, zero one one, was before my dad died. I started seeing the number eleven a lot, like a lot. And I'm I'm logical to a point, so I'm just thinking, oh, something got in my head. So every time you see eleven, something clicks. Like, oh, there's eleven again. You know, you probably right. You probably see twelve and two and seven a million times, but every time you see eleven, something is clicking in your head. Like, oh, there's the eleven again. And then all of a sudden, you'll see a billboard. Oh, there's uh, eleven on that billboard. License plate eleven, whatever. But uh, long story short, like um, before my dad died, I. He was very spiritual, and uh, he was studying near-death experience and old religions and all that stuff. Really believed that uh, you go somewhere else. But he wasn't a religious man at the end of his life. He was very spiritual, though. He grew, he, he was brought up very Catholic, hardcore. Anyway, uh, we went to Northport for lunch, and I was like, Dad, what is that 11 thing about? You know, I told him, I'm, this is the short version. He, right. he knew this was going on for a long We've time. We've told some of this before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I just feel like telling again after yeah, yeah. after the uh, the sign stories, and he's like, you know, maybe you know you, you had that big radio show and nine eleven, and maybe maybe some way some of the people that died in nine eleven, maybe they're basically saying, don't forget about us when you get back on the radio. You know, maybe it's some kind of sign in that way. He was just trying to you know give me help a little, you piece it together. Yeah, right. help me piece it together. So at the crash site, when I turned over that piece of paper and said exit check zero one one, I'm like, what the fuck? That would be his way of going, yo, there's something after this life of yours. Now, look, I, I'm not totally convinced, but the second half of this. So then um, my friend comes in from L.A., Jay, who went to uh, Barry Williams, Greg Brady's right. house, a really good friend. He made sure he came right in when he found out my dad died. My dad loved this guy. He was like almost a, another brother to me and, and the rest of my brothers. And... Um, I told him about the 11th thing, and he definitely doesn't believe in much. He doesn't believe in much. Um, but then we're, I'm driving him back to the airport, and I see these uh, smoke uh, towers in the distance that look like an 11. I'm like, look, Jay, another 11. I told him the whole right. 11 thing, right? And we're laughing. <laughs> and then I had a moment. I was driving him back to the airport. I go, Jay, what do you really think that's about? It Don't you think it's a little weird, you know, that it's happening so much and uh, – at that moment, I swear to you, Robert, I've told this story too. A car comes flying by us, turns into our lane. There's a vanity license plate, and it just simply says, it's a clue. And then this thing took off. I go, Jay, you saw that, right? He like he went white like he saw a ghost. Like, all right, that is fucking weird. <laughs> On cue, this license plate says, it's a clue. And then I got to the point like, we saw that, right? He's like, yeah, we saw that. I'm like, oh, no, we got to see it again. So I'm speeding up trying to get to this car, and I can't get to the car as much as I, I try to, you know, zig in and out of traffic and, and, and speed through the whole thing. Um, so I'm, I'm looking because I can't remember if I took a picture of this or not. Yeah. You told that story, I want to say, the first time Mike Cannon was 
Uh, probably, the yeah, yeah, yeah. And I apologize if you heard it again. And no, no, no. That's why I was trying to uh, tell the short version oh, of it. But um, uh, it's, it's, see, now you're going to think that I'm full of shit. I've got to try and find it. Okay, I don't remember. But what I don't it was. see. I don't see the uh, well, the number eleven anymore. Right? Really, I don't really. I mean, every once in a while, we'll see it, me and my wife, and we'll kind of it'll bring us back, to, you know, back uh, when it was happening a lot. Um, so I hadn't thought about um, you. I'm listening to the episode. I'm in a bus in Jersey going home on a decamp bus. You guys are telling the story. The person in front of me gets up off at a stop, so their head, because everybody's taller than me. Yeah. Uh, and the fucking bus I was on was 0011. Really? Like, I- as I'm listening, you had just finished telling the story. Yeah. And I'm like, I thought I took a picture of it, but yeah, it was it, it was no, like I one be- of those like I believe you. I mean, it, you know, it all kind of comes together, and obviously uh, could easily just be coincidences. I, I I'm smart enough to like throw that out there as well. But I told you just a few hours ago at the bar when we were having that beer and uh, and the beers, my mother in law is convinced my dad set me and my wife up from the grave. She's convinced of it. She's a very religious uh, lady down there in Philly, and. Uh, the story goes, I was just about to start uh, my radio career again with XM um, Satellite Radio before they merged with Sirius, and uh, and we were supposed to go on a huge promotional tour, and the first stop was Philly, because we had to wait out a no-compete after w- uh, sitting out two over two years. Right. Then they held us to a no-compete, so now we're free to finally be with somebody else, but now we're not allowed to be on the radio for another few months, three or four months. So the XM says, you know, I want you to tour the country, and you can, you know, uh, get the fans excited, sell some radios and all that. And the first stop was Philly, and my dad just died only a few days, maybe a week weeks earlier, I don't remember, and I'm still going through the heavy depress- uh, depression and sadness of the whole thing. And I, I said to myself, you know what, I'm, I'll just go down to Philly for the day. You know, it can't hurt. I'll go down, meet some fans, maybe have a beer, just escape this yuckiness for a day. Right. It'll be waiting for me when I get home and I go to the gig. I Like I told you at the bar, I don't remember much about it. I remember that a lot of fans were like uh, saying, I'm sorry to hear about your dad. And a few people uh, dropped some cards down to me, which I thought was amazing. Condolence cards. And I'm ready to leave. I'm like, I just want to get out of there now. I did it, and I was not in a, a great place, and I'm waiting. They're packing up for whatever reason. I don't know why I was waiting. And all of a sudden, I look up, and there's my now wife just staring at me, and I'm just like, what the? And I turn around like <laughs> everyone else would do, and I'm like, she's looking at me. <laughs> Long story short, I'm like, I ain't going anywhere, man. I forgot all about my dad's death. And long story short, we uh, we all hung out um, for a few hours, and it got to a point where she was walking me to my car, and I kissed her, and I told you at the bar only a few hours ago, I kissed her, and I, I swear to you, I said to myself, oh, my God, I'm going to marry her. And if you understand me at all, and have that's been, not something been, that would no been close to me, uh, you know, in any part of my life, I was I was at that point single and dating, but I wasn't thinking, and I wasn't thinking any of this stuff, none of it. But it was pure because I wasn't thinking of anything. I was just myself being relaxed and not thinking about, oh, God, if I could only find someone and all this. And, you know, looking a bit on the desperate side, all that was just um, uh, um, uh, all that was just stripped away, I should say. And I kissed her and said, oh, my God, I'm going to marry her. I had no doubt in my mind. I never thought that thought before. 
it scared the hell out of me. I went back to New York. Uh, we exchanged numbers. We were, you know, texting a little bit and calling, and I was sort of avoiding her because I'm like, that that feeling I got that day, I was like, this is crazy. She's going to eat me alive. This, You know, because it was such a vulnerability right. to it. Uh, eh, long story short, you know, we've been together 15 years, married 10, and got two kids. And that's how it went down. And my mother-in-law swears you can't convince her otherwise. She says, your dad set you two up. I believe that. I don't know. I believe that I... when you told me the story, and why wouldn't it? Yeah. It, I mean, if, if it checks out and it, and it, you know, it resonates with you, why not? Man, it's been a heavy day. Heavy day. And guess what, Robert? I just realized this is our 100th episode. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> I, I swear to God. I swear to God. I just realized this is the 100th episode of the wow. Open Radio Podcast. I was expecting to do some big thing with Cue the balloons, and, Joey. And cue the fireworks <laughs> and the horns and the lasers. Wow, here comes the marching band. Oh, where's Tim Sabian? Where's the, what is it called? Pop and <laughs> circumstance. <laughs> this wow. is how we do the 100th episode. I just wow. knew after after those two episodes of Brewer and, and the long ride back and us hanging in the bar with the hamburger and the beers, and I knew... You were you were changed a little bit today, and I was changed a little bit today. So I'm like Robert, I got to turn on, uh, I got to I got to push record, and we got to put something on tape today just to just to talk about what we just experienced today. Oh, I and, and this now it's just the hundredth gonna... episode. Wow! Here I thought this was going to go. Why am I holding? No, I thought maybe this would we would tag it on the end, but. Wow, we uh, did no, go we, on for a while. We huh? talked too long. It's got to be the hundredth episode. <laughs> it's got to be. Wow. So I want to thank all the uh, the fine listeners of the Opie Radio podcast. A hundred episodes. I got to tell you, um, I I have uh, in the past I have talked to way more people, and in the past I have talked uh, I have made way more money, way more money. But I can honestly <laughs> say this is one of this has been one of the best years of my entire career. Good man, for real. Going back to the whole gym thing. You know, and what we learned today, this makes me happy. And that's all that matters. In the end, that's all that matters. So uh, I want to thank everybody that has subscribed and uh, and and have uh, listened to this damn uh, podcast. It's awesome. And uh, we're going to continue with episode 101 will be the big one, I guess. We'll be sure. the big over-the-top episode. <laughs> That'll so. be the recap show. Robert, <laughs> what a day we have, brother. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks. Very honored. Thanks for being my friend. Um, All right, Joey, you know what to do. Wrap it up. Okay. Congrats on episode 100, Greg. But seriously, a recap show? Let's not. As a producer for this podcast and a guy who's worked in radio for the past 20 years, all this means is that if we were doing a radio show, this ep would mark five months in the books. So really, big fucking whoop. And I'd also like to thank our fine listeners, because it is very important to do so. And you, Greg, for letting me help with this podcast. No thanks for letting Robert ramble on today, though. But he did get me thinking of a song, one I wrote back in the 90s after my aunt and grandmother died. Since you two pansies did this one like an episode of Davy and fucking Goliath, maybe this will comfort you. Yes, another song about the afterlife. But this one's more faith-based than the one I previously played. I'm sure you'll hear the difference in my message now that I'm older, a bit jaded, and seriously, I don't have the fucking patience for anything I can't see or put my hands on. But there was a time when I had more hope 
that we could get messages from loved ones on the other side. So thanks for downloading this episode. I'm Joey Salvia with my song, Another Soul on My Side, on Opie Radio. Let it go over there Let me know there's another soul on my side There's another soul on my side Another soul on my side So I won't be afraid Oh, no.